Welcome to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast. I'm your host, Evan Uitake, and I'm so excited that you've tuned in. Our mission is focused on connecting, developing, and inspiring young business leaders to find and pursue their purpose. This podcast is sponsored by Trost Marketing. Promoting your business through marketing is essential for growth. Without marketing, you lack the ability to create a conversation with your potential customers. At Trost Marketing, we provide marketing solutions that fuel growth. We are your source for all of your printing needs, as well as branded apparel and promotional items. If your business wants to stand out to potential customers, contact the marketing experts at Trost Marketing. Visit us at trostmarketing.com or call us at 866-492-7820. Young businessmen, welcome to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast. I'm your host, Evan Uitaki, and I want to welcome you to podcast number 70. Now, this one's a little bit different because uh, actually what we're going to do is we're going to pull from a podcast that I did with Bo Davis on his Compass cast. Bo was a guest of mine a while back, and kind of the deal was that I would go on his podcast and talk a little bit about Young Businessmen of Tulsa and kind of my journey a little bit. And I realized that I hadn't shared that audio. He shared it on his podcast, so if you checked it out, this is the extended version. So you're going to get to hear directly from me talking a little bit about YBT, talking a little bit about my journey, my path, some of the things that I've, I've learned along all of these different podcasts that I've done. So I'm really excited to share it with you. So let's check it out. I'm going to go ahead and jump right into it and uh, let's tune in to my episode of Compass Cast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome in to another episode of Compass Cast. We've got another amazing guest with us today, an outsider, as we call him. Uh, but I'm joined today by Mr. Evan Yutaki. Now, he um, works for a company locally here in Tulsa, Trost Marketing. Mm-hmm. We're going to have him talk a little bit about that. But how we got connected was through the Young Businessmen of Tulsa. Mr. Evan basically has been the mastermind behind the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast. So we're kind of kindred spirits in, in a sense that we're, we're both kind of jumping out there and, and doing this podcast thing. So um, Evan, first of all, man, thank you so much for, for stopping by Compass Cast today. Oh man, it's, it's an honor to be here. Um, I've actually had the privilege to listen to some of the Compass Cast that you guys have. And uh, first and foremost, want to compliment you on what you're doing here. Uh, as a fellow podcaster, it's really exciting to see and meet other people who are doing uh, something like this. And I don't know if your listeners realize um, how cool a tool this is. I'm, I'm sure that when they're out there and they're driving and they're listening to the podcast, uh, hopefully you're getting a lot of the culture and the content. Um, but I, I believe that, and we talked about this on the, when you were on the podcast, Bo, you're being a trailblazer uh, with, with this medium because I think... There's so many different podcasts out there, and there's so many different things that you um, have access to, but something specific to your company and your culture that you go specific to your audience, where you've really niched down to your, uh, to your listeners, I- I'm just blown away from. I hope that more businesses kind of pick up this model and do it. Um, you know, the, the purpose of my podcast is a little bit different uh, in, in terms of who I'm trying to reach, but I think the message a lot of the time is the same. And so I'm really excited to continue to follow on with what Compass Cast is doing because um, I believe that this is a really unique way um, moving forward that uh, other companies hopefully will replicate uh, to communicate their culture because it's an, it's an amazing tool and you can hear directly from uh, the people that are, have the, the most vested interests in your success. Awesome, man. Well, thank you. Really appreciate that. And, and you said that exactly how I wrote it out for you right there. So <laughs> no, th- thanks, Evan. I appreciate that. That's, that's too kind. And, um, you know, you and I've talked about this. It's a lot of work, but it's a heck of a lot of fun. And there is a lot that you and I have both learned through this journey. But before we dig too much into the podcast, let the listeners know, Evan Uitake, 30,000 foot level, who are you? And what do you do? Yeah, well, my my nickname is Big Sexy. You can't see that here on the podcast. <laughs> um, no, I, I I'm a I've been in um, the marketing industry for uh, going on 14 years now, and it really started with me kind of working my way up uh, from the top. I actually started in sales, so it was like an entry level position for me. And uh, as I was in that role, what I found was 
a lot of times the things that I had to sell or the things that I had to do um, were limited to what was given to me. And in the very beginning, I realized that if I uh, asked the right questions and created the right things and went out there and, and expanded the things that we had or kind of saw beyond what the role was, I started to get promoted. I started to grow and they would see that stuff that I was doing. And actually, it, it wasn't that there was positions that I was striving for. It was positions that I was creating. And so as I continued to work my way up in that, I got into uh, management and then ultimately into um, like a percentage ownership all the way to now where I actually have taken over the company. Um, I actually operate as the president of Trost Marketing. And it's been a real fun ride for me because, you know, as I begin to learn more about myself and my personality, I'm learning about the things that I'm passionate about and the things that I love to do. I love to create things. I like to create processes. I like to lead people. I like to invest in other people. Um, and so just having that role uh, provided me the opportunity to do that. But um, if I talk a little bit about Trost, I'll talk a little bit about Trost because I always forget to do that because I love talking about everything. But we've, we've been in the direct mail industry for a long time. So uh, our goal is to help businesses find the right kinds of customers um, that, that are going to uh, qualify for the products they're trying to sell them and respond. Those are two really important things in our industry. It extends well beyond that. Uh, promotional items, branded apparel. Uh, we're basically a commercial printer now. And so just a lot of tools and resources that are available um, through our our suite of services. And um, really, it comes down to just like in your industry, we're, we're dealing with relationships. We're talking to our clients. We're building those relationships with them. We're understanding what their needs are. And we're presenting products that fit those, but it's a it's a people thing. We're we have websites that people can go to order, but that's not our forte. Our forte is uh, you know talking to those people, walking them through the process, helping them to understand what the products are. It's not just something that you you click on and it shows up at your door one day. A lot of the things that we do are a little bit more deep than that. And if you truly understand the purpose of your marketing and what you're trying to accomplish, um, that's where our value is. That's what, that's what we try to inject into every product. Uh, the tangible thing is, is the end result, but there's a lot more tied to that uh, in, in the background. Um, talking a little bit about um, my family, I, I have two kids. I have a, a nine-year-old and a seven-year-old both playing football right now, so really enjoying that. I've uh, been married to my wife for uh, going on 14 years, she she wants me to say going on 14 years. She she doesn't like saying 13 years for some reason. So going on 14 years. And uh, we actually met in high school. So high school sweethearts and uh, doing all those things. And uh, man, just in the last three years, I've been trying to focus my attention on developing relationships and going outside of the walls of my business, getting out into the community and connecting with people like Bo uh, through the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast and just through things with my company. So this for me, is a really exciting experience to just continue to see the fruits of making that decision to go outside of those walls, uh, get behind, get out from behind the shield of of my logo, and really be the face uh, and personality of my business. And uh, I'm just, I'm enjoying every minute of it right now. It's awesome, man. Really cool. That might have been like ten thousand feet instead That's of thirty thousand okay. feet. That's okay, man. Yeah. You 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 chart the course here, brother. <laughs> We're all good. So you mentioned a little bit about Young Businessmen of Tulsa, mm -hmm. and you know we have listeners from, from all over and may not be familiar with that organization, what it does. So um, give us you know, high level, what is Young Businessmen of Tulsa in a nutshell? Well, the purpose of the Young Businessmen of Tulsa is to connect, develop, and inspire young business leaders to find and pursue their passion and their purpose. Um, we believe that mentorship is a big part of that. And we believe that, uh, as Jim Rohn said, uh, you're the average of the five people that you hang around. And so it's, it's, the onus is on us as an individual to connect with the right people. The Young Businessmen of Tulsa creates uh, those opportunities. We want to f uh, create environments that the right kinds of people will want to come to. Um, and if you get like-minded individuals or individuals that are in similar phases of life or even Let's say, uh, you know, Bo's in a phase of life ahead of me, let's, you know, and, and I'm striving to, um, to reach that level. Bo can be a mentor to me. Bo can be a resource to me. Bo can uh, talk to me, and I can just see the things that he does, and I can try to implement uh, some of those uh, things that he does. I, I, we've, we've talked a little bit about this before the podcast, that I believe that success leaves clues. And, and so um, we want to create opportunities for um, not just young businessmen, we want 
pretty much young business leaders, but we've, we've focused on young businessmen because we do believe that there's a male leadership crisis. Um, there's a lot of times where um, men are taking up more passive role in a lot of leadership positions. And it's just because um, I don't think they've had a lot of good male leadership to look up to. And so we want to create the opportunity for that. As a byproduct of that, there's a lot of people that are going to tune in. There's uh, definitely older people that will tune in, women that'll tune in. And, and women have a lot of fantastic things that we can learn from as well. I'm learning a lot about empathy um, from the female side. That's you know, if you look at my personality type and the things that I have that are strengths, one of my weaknesses is definitely empathy and relating to people. And I recognize that now and I'm continuing to work on that. So there's a lot of things that we can learn. But um, we actually started um, from some of the older generation saying, hey, we want to sp- speak to that younger generation. But what, what's happening is, is they had gotten a little too far beyond um, the influence. And it was just because, you know, they, they were catering to themselves, which for a time is great. Uh, you know, we're the young businessmen of Tulsa now, but if, if we only appeal to our generation, we will be the old businessmen of Tulsa here pretty soon and I'll have to age out and we'll continue to do what we do, but we're not going to be bringing in that next generation. And so we, we believe that that's important. And so if we can create that environment, that attracts those people. Um, you know, Ted Robertson, Robertson Tire, he's, he's a staple in the Tulsa community. Um, it was kind of his brainchild. He said, I want to find a way to give back to that younger generation, but I'm not the guy to do it. And he recognized that. And so he reached out to a buddy of mine, Matt Moore, and said, hey, can you lead this? Can you, can you make this happen? And, and Matt kind of uh, did it out as a, as a favor to Ted originally. But uh, it actually became a passion of his, and from there it, it's grown. I, I caught the vision from what what Matt had, and, and you know definitely other individuals have have come in from there. But what we do is simple. We have a monthly meeting that we do. It's the second Monday of every month at a local restaurant, and we'll bring speakers in that'll talk about a lot of things we talk about in the podcast. But that's on a monthly basis, uh, that opportunity to come and connect with people. Uh, we understand that, you know, people are busy in business. And, and so there's a lot of times they can't escape. They can't get away that many times. So monthly kind of worked. And from there, we were seeing that there was a lot of fellowship happening. There was a lot of, uh, relationships that were being built. And so we wanted to create more opportunities for those relationships to happen. So we created a member forum. And so the member forum is just an opportunity for members to come and, whether it be, you know, come to somebody's house and talk about a topic or meet at a restaurant and just get together and just converse and just talk. I mean, it's, it's less structured. There's more opportunities for people to, um, you know, get onto a topic and talk about that if they want. But there's a lot more opportunity than in the traditional lunch where you have a speaker and you just kind of, you know, you get there beforehand and you, and you can talk then or afterwards and talk. But that, that time that, you know, the actual program's going on, you're just kind of listening. And so this creates more of that environment. And then we also do a, a mentor forum. And so this is where we bring people in like Jeff Davis, which, which came and spoke, I think it was last year to the group. And it's an intimate setting of probably less than 25 people. And we'll have somebody like Jeff come in and just share the things that he's learned um, with the group. And it's a question and answer time. So, you know, you have people that's, that have seen Jeff and seen the success that he has, uh, that he's had and that he has, and um, just kind of ask and try to understand where all that comes from. And so that's been a, a fantastic thing. We also had Mark Green with Hobby Lobby. Um, just when you want to learn about, uh, I think it, he calls it extravagant generosity, just the the motive behind his culture and uh, the mission that he has uh, to to help other people. That's contagious. And when you hear and see that, that's something that gets me really excited and it gives me a point to strive to. And so, so having those opportunities come up as well. Um, so those are the three main facets. Uh, and then the podcast was birthed out of um, having those speakers come and speak at the luncheon or have those mentors come in. But if you're not a mentor or if you don't have an opportunity to attend the lunch, you you don't know what the content was. And so I, I had uh, the idea of the podcast uh, for two reasons. First and foremost, I was the guy that had to go up and cut everybody off. So, for example, we had Dr. Everett Piper um, a couple, uh, I think it was a couple months ago. And uh, if you don't know who he is, look him up. He wrote the article that says um, uh, it's a university, not a daycare. And it's a very in-your-face um 
article about we're not here to coddle people. We're here to instruct and teach people and prepare them for the real world. And uh, fantastic article if you get it. So he's really passionate about that topic. And I had to cut him off two pages into an eight-page presentation. And so I felt horrible about that. So I was like, man... I'm glad that I have the opportunity to, you know, reconnect with him and reconnect with other speakers that have um, fantastic topics that they're that they're talking about, and allow them to finish their thoughts. And so that was that was the original reason. But beyond that, um, the podcast is actually weekly, just like your podcast is. And so this is the opportunity for us to bring in more people, more potential mentors, more business leaders, or just more people that are experts on topics that I think are relevant to to young businessmen and women. Um, I just had a, a podcast guest, and we talked a lot about finances. And so... I don't know about your organization, but the statistic is, I think it was 68% of people that work in a small business live paycheck to paycheck. And that's a very staggering statistic. And I think a lot of the times that happens is because we're not really well educated on finances. Um, You kind of go through high school and college and you're learning about the world and and how business works or how the different topic that you've selected uh, is going to, the curriculum will prepare you to go out into that world. But unless your parents have really sat down with you, and and in most cases, your parents probably aren't very good with finances either. um, If that's something that's continuing on through you, you you haven't had those conversations. And so uh, the podcast is my opportunity to speak to that 25 year old version of myself. So I'm 36. And so that's essentially a 10-year younger version of myself. And so uh, I believe that if I can pass along some of the things I've learned in just 10 years uh, to that younger generation, it'll help them. Prov- uh, it'll help them have a better foundation to build on. Um, you know, if somebody who's in their 50s and 60s were to say something to me um, about finances or about health or about leadership, I probably wouldn't have listened in my 20s. And it's not because what they were saying was was wrong or it wasn't anything relevant. I don't know that I was in a position that I had enough respect for them or that I even cared. And so for me, recognizing that now, if I had listened to some of the stuff, if I had started reading some of the books that I've read or that have been recommended to me, I think I would have had a better foundation. Now, I can't complain too much because I've, I've actually done pretty well in life. But I just look at that and say, when I was younger, I felt like I had all the time in the world. And as I get older and as I see um, opportunities come and go, I recognize I still have a lot of time, but I need to be more focused with that time. And so if you can be more focused with that time uh, as a younger business person or getting started in your business, you're going to prepare yourself so much more for that future you, which I know is big thinking right now. But I'm really excited to bring that content to that younger generation because if I'm able to do that and I'm, I'm able to help people uh, in that phase of life, then there's an ass- a sense of accomplishment there for me. Um, but also, it helps me feel like I'm more in line with my purpose and what I was created to do and what I'm passionate about. Again, sorry, I went maybe 5,000 feet instead of 30,000 feet on that. I don't have <laughs> I don't have a gauge in yeah. here, man. It's all good, brother. Love it. Well, the passion comes through loud and clear, man. And I know in listening to your podcast, your audience can pick up on that. Um, it it just it pours through the speakers and, and, and the headphones. So um one of the things that I think will be interesting for both of our audiences, you know, you've talked to, you know, you mentioned a couple of the folks that you've talked to, but mm-hmm. you've talked to, you know, several you know, very high-powered, high-octane leaders yeah. in a variety of different fields from every background imaginable. Have you been able to extract or uncover any common themes of some folks that have been you know, really successful? Mm-hmm. Have, you, have you been able to uncover any of those? And if so, tell us a little bit about that. Well, one thing that I noticed is that, uh, you know, as, as time changes, there are universal truths. There are universal things that uh, leaders have, um, whether it be, you know, the J.D. Rockefellers all the way to current day. Um, I think about Napoleon Hill, if, you, if you've read uh, any of his books, the principles that he talks about 
back in the 1900s are still the principles that are relevant today. And I, it took me a while to figure that out. I, I would look at some of these books that I would uh, be recommended to read, and I would just sit there and go, man, this is not going to be an easy read. This is going to be something I'm going to struggle through. He's going to be talking about horses and buggies and stuff, and the, you know, that just isn't relevant to me. But as you kind of uncover it, uh, you start to say, wow, they, all the way back then, these things were the same truths then that they, they are now. Um, like I said, uh, I love the phrase success leaves clues because there's so many things that you can pick up and, and being, having the opportunity to talk to the wide variety of, um, people that I've, that I've been able to talk to. The, the first thing that I definitely want to hit on is, um, when you're seeking a mentor or when you're trying to learn, I think it's important to not be intimidated by the person that you want to learn from. Um, you, you put them up on this, this pedestal and, and you say to yourself, man, that, that guy is not going to, or that girl is not going to have time to talk to me. You know, I'm just, I'm a jag. I'm just another guy. And they have more important things that they want to do. And what I was really surprised to find that, um, you know, some guy in Tulsa with a little podcast, um, would have so many people eager to share what they learned. Um, with me and with my audience. And for me, that was really encouraging, but it reinforced um, the role of a mentor. I believe that every person that I've talked to has had a mentor of some kind in their life. And that mentor was essentially at the level of the person uh, that I was trying to, to talk to at the time for them. And so when those opportunities came up, I think they would flash back to that younger version of themselves of, of themselves when when they were trying to identify, hey, um, how do I get to where you are? How do I uh, achieve this? How do, how do you handle the stress of eight thousand employees and and just knowing that the decisions that you make affect not just those employees but their families and and all of the um, all the businesses that you have and just the the payroll. Just thinking about that number alone, uh, not to mention inventory and processes and everything else. It's just so much to think about that me as a, as an analyzing person, um, it can cripple you. It, it can literally get you to a point where you just become motionless because you, you're, you're afraid to go in, in either direction. And so when I have the opportunity to talk to some of these people that are making these big decisions, I talked to Mark Green with, with Hobby Lobby, and he, when he made the decision um, for them to, um, I think it was they sued the federal government because that they, were, uh, they had something that they so strongly believed in that they were willing to risk their entire business to, to stand up for what they believed in. That was very powerful to me. And you know, I'm sure people will argue on either side of it. I don't, I don't want to get in that part of the conversation, but what what I am impressed by is that their convictions were so strong in what they believe that they were willing to sacrifice everything that they had. Um, for them, they believe in stewardship. They believe that, um, that they are stewards of, of what was given to them. And so um, it, it wasn't all about them. It wasn't all about the, the green name. It wasn't all about the, the family. It was really for them. We have a platform and a tool with Hobby Lobby and Mardell's that we can use what we have to give to other people. And for, for them, with it truly being about people, they made decisions in the best interest of people. So that, that was definitely one thing that, you know, when you look at generosity, when you look at, um, culture and standing up for what you believe in those things. If you, um, if you don't stand for anything, uh, you'll fall for anything, I believe is the quote, um, that kind of floats around sometimes. And, and so I'm, I, again, applaud you guys for having the, the, the culture that you have and the uh, intentionality to put it out there, because I believe that, you know, after talking to you on, on our podcast, you have a culture now that you're willing to use as that litmus test for any decision that you make moving forward. And so that, that's important. And it's challenged me and my business to um, relook at the culture that I've created and be more intentional with it. So um, th those are just some of the things. Um, you know, I love the term endurance. Um, endurance is a topic that is something that I really, really enjoy. And I, I will, I'll say this. Um, there is a podcast that I have with a guy named Martin Fry, and it's one of my earlier podcasts. I think it's in the twenties and, uh, he's deemed the most interesting or sorry, most adventurous man in America. And so he's climbed 
the seven highest peaks uh, in the world. Is, so the way it's defined is he climbed the highest peak in every continent. And so Antarctica, North America, South America, Australia, which they, they called like the Pacific Crescent or something like that, and Europe. He's been and climbed every one of them. So Everest was obviously the one that we talked a lot about. But for me, learning from him, first of all, we talked a lot about goal setting and the importance of goal setting. And I, man, all my goals felt really small compared to his. He's like, hey, man, um, I think I'm going to climb the, the highest peaks on every continent. And then, well, once I've accomplished that, I'm going to go and sail the seven seas. So like he, he just, in terms of like most audacious goals, <laughs> It blew away me thinking, hey, man, I'd, I'd like to make six figures or I'd like to uh, run a marathon or something like that. I'd like to go bungee jumping. I'm just like, okay, I need to reevaluate. But uh, since he's been on the podcast, he's actually been um, the, the first man to do all of those things. So he has a Guinness World Record for that. But then he's also crossed the North Pole and the South Pole on the world. And so my logical question to him was, when are you going to outer space? Because you're running out of things to do. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> But for him, we talk, the way we connected was the term endurance. Endurance is something that um, is a byproduct of getting outside of your comfort zone. And so I, I believe that for me to start a podcast, and Bo, I think it, it'll be the same for you, starting this podcast was not comfortable. It was something where from, I am usually a very confident person. I felt really dumb when I was trying to edit, when I was trying to figure out how to get an RSS feed together, when I was trying to... Um, record something i ha- I'll, I'll share a little story with you i recorded a, a podcast with um <laughs> it's happened twice one of them i recorded with paul wazikowski who's a good friend of mine and we went through 45 minutes of awesomeness just best podcast i've ever done and instead of recording with my professional atr 2100 microphone i recorded with the computer sp- microphone on my laptop that was way far away from us <laughs> and so <laughs> when i went to edit it it was all fuzz and so that was just you know i when when you're doing that first of all i feel bad for my guest who's just poured his heart out uh, on the podcast but then i just felt like an idiot because i was like man i should have looked at that one thing um and so it was uncomfortable it, it was it was something that stretched me uh obviously I didn't make the same mistake with my computer. It was with a different um, device the second time it happened. But, man, you just feel silly. And um, when you do that, yes, you're outside of that comfort zone, and you feel goofy, and you're a little bit embarrassed maybe, or you're a little bit you know, exhausted or tired or whatever it may be. But what ends up happening is getting outside of that comfort zone um, and being uncomfortable creates endurance. Endurance is the thing that you think about when you run a marathon. Um, I've never done it before. I've talked to a couple of people that have. Um, I, I believe that I could do it, um, but it's going to take a lot of sacrifice that I just have not um, mentally gotten to the point of where I feel like it's really important for me to do that yet. I'm the guy with the 0.0 sticker on my car because uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm proud that I, I haven't run a marathon and I, I haven't bragged about it. Um, anyway, the only way that you're going to finish that marathon is to keep pushing yourself outside that comfort zone. That endurance is the byproduct of uncomfortability, which is the very thing that allows you to achieve your goal. So uh, we talk about comfort zone a lot, and we talk a lot about how uh, all the magic happens outside of your comfort zone. And I would relate it to the audience that, that's listening today, too. You may find yourself in a role that you feel uncomfortable in, that uh, maybe you've been promoted. Somebody has seen something inside of you. Uh, or they've been prepping and preparing you for a leadership role. Uh, I hope that most of the people listening have experienced discomfort in some capacity. But what I would ask you to do is to regularly embrace that discomfort. That is what's going to propel you and carry you in those times that you don't even know of yet. Those leadership times when you get to the point where you're in a position and you have to make a decision and that uncomfortability will help you. That endurance will help you get through that. Maybe it's you, you got to stay later to help to help the shift out because your restaurant's packed. Or maybe it's um, you're having some challenges uh, with some of your team and you're short-staffed on your team and, you, and you're trying to find the right candidates. And so it's uncomfortable right now because you're having to carry a heavier load than you think that you should. But I want to encourage you 
to embrace that because that is going to help make you a better person, a better leader. Um, we, we are, uh, you're a leadership Tulsa alum. I'm, I'm in, in class right now, but we're talking a little bit about character. And it's one thing to say that you have character, but you don't have character because you say you have character. You have character when you're put in a situation where it demands character and that's what comes out of you or character is created at that point. And so getting outside of that comfort zone and getting beyond yourself, um, that's the thing that's going to create that endurance. That's going to help you build a better foundation as a leader. Uh, it's going to help you empathize more with, more with people. Um, I can empathize more in a situation uh, with somebody if I've been out there doing it and been un- uncomfortable with them. So it's a topic that I love to talk about. Um, I won't beat that cat too far dead, but um, man, that's just that's one of the things that I love talking about. And what, maybe I'm just tuned into it, but it comes out a lot in the podcast that we have. And if I were if I were to say that there was something that I was really passionate about, it, it'd be endurance. But man, there's so much more mentorship, intentionality, the importance of giving, um, the importance of always learning. Um, I had the um, luxury of of graduating from college, and I've talked to a lot of people that that haven't graduated from college, and and they feel like it's something that holds them back in life. Um, unless you're going to be a doctor or a lawyer or something like that, where your specific training required, don't let that hold you back. Um, you have the opportunity, uh, to continue learning through, I mean, I love woodworking right now. It's something I'm passionate about. I'm learning so much on YouTube. There's so many things I can learn on YouTube about woodworking. Uh, I don't need to go to college for that. Um, I, I may, it'd be great to sit with a craftsman and learn from them, but there's so many resources out there. And I think that a lot of times people look at the degrees that they have or the things that they failed to achieve and they say, okay, I'm not worthy to be a district manager. I'm not worthy to um, do anything more than be a cashier because I don't have the education for it. Um, you need to change that mentality right now because if you have the desire to do it, if you set the goals to do that, if you um, put yourself outside your comfort zone and try to create opportunities to be uncomfortable, to prepare yourself for that, I'm not going to speak for you as Beef Corps, but I would venture to say that if you have somebody in leadership that sees you um, getting those, what is it, four-star reviews that you guys get on, the, on your receipts, those surveys that you do, if you're constantly getting those and you're constantly getting the positive feedback from, from your management, people are recognizing that when those opportunities come up, you're the person that they're going to think of, regardless of your education, because they're going to see your heart, they're going to see your character, and they're going to see that your drive, and that's what people promote, first and foremost. Man, that was a rabbit trail, but... I loved every second of it. <laughs> so let's, I'm going to do a quick recap, though, yeah. just to make sure we got everything, because there's some tasty nuggets of goodness right there. Absolutely. So first thing that you mentioned was if you know, you see somebody that you want to emulate out there or somebody that is, you know, kind of ringing the bells as a potential mentor for you. Mm -hmm. Don't be intimidated, be bold, ask straight up. Yeah. Just, Hey, I love what you're doing. I want to learn from you. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be you, right? Be your own, be your own person, but I want to understand kind of what makes you tick and see if there's, you know, some clues that uh, I can pick up from you. So don't be intimidated, approach. And to be honest with you, side note, that's kind of what I did. You know, we're talking about leadership Tulsa and I have a couple of folks that I consider a mentor, but one of them is, is Jeff Wilkie, who's now just a outstanding uh, personal friend of mine. And after leadership Tulsa finished up, I loved the energy that he brought. He's, you know, on the board and uh, has several different roles throughout the program. And I was like, man, I love the energy he brings. I love the way he, you know, commands an audience when he, when he speaks. And so I just sent him an email out of the blue Yeah, and was like, um, will you be friends with me? Check yes or no, <laughs> basically was as lame as it got. I'll take you to breakfast. Let's, and uh, we've been going to breakfast ever since. Yeah. So um, yeah, definitely good one there. Real quick on that too. Some of them may say no, and, yeah. that, and that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. Um, don't be intimidated by that. You're not a failure if they say no. The timing might not be right. Keep pursuing them or find other people too. Yeah. Continue to follow their, their career. See what, uh, what happens. And also, 
feel free to ask that person for recommendations. You know, is there anybody else that you could point me to that you feel, you know, you share a similar value system with or um, would potentially help me in the position I'm in currently? So number one, don't be intimidated. Number two, you didn't mention it specifically, but you talked when you were talking about Hobby Lobby, the importance of culture, Mm -hmm. being really, really clear and intentional on the culture. That's what Compass Cast is all about, peeps. That's that's it. About being really, really clear on the culture. It is important. Evan has talked to dozens and dozens and dozens of leaders from all different companies. And so don't have to believe me, but you should believe Evan. <laughs> Number three, which I just think is so cool, talking about endurance and really kind of that message of getting comfortable being uncomfortable. And the more you can push yourself, the the more gains you're going to see. That is the muscle has to break before it can grow and it has to tear before, you know, you're going to see the results that you want. That's huge because we're so hardwired in a lot of cases to uh, protect ourselves from pain or discomfort. If you look back on your life and the things that you've accomplished and the things that have really brought value and purpose to your world and to the world that impacts other people, I can promise you there was pain there. There was, I I promise you there was some doubt there. So when you feel that, lean into it. And then the last thing that you mentioned that I thought was really critical and, and it's such a great point is to always be learning. Keep your mind open and know that there are, um, you can learn something from almost every situation if you've got that part of your brain turned on and you're ready and receptive to the things that come at you. So, and that's, um, you know, one of my favorite quotes is from Mark Twain, which is don't let school interfere with your education. (laughs) And it's true, man. You can learn so much by really exploring, experiencing, and being open to the world around you. So anything you want to add to to those, man? Um, the only thing I would say is just, uh, on the uncomfortability side within reason. So don't, if, if like I'm uncomfortable standing in the middle of a highway, um, that's, that's good uncomfortability. But if it's something that you know, that you want to strive toward that, you know, you want to lean into, or are you seeing somebody who's doing something that you want to do, get an idea of what that path is and be willing to try it, be willing to put yourself out there. Um, I think about just in sales, I, I, I heard a stat, and I don't know, uh, I don't know the source, but I believe that it has a lot of validity to it. And it's like sixty-two percent of all people uh, are considered in, consider themselves introverts. And so, when you know that going into it, whether it be standing behind a cashier or just leading people, a lot of times they're not going to say something to you because their personality is to withdraw first and foremost. And so it's going to be uncomfortable for you to reach out to them and talk to them, say hello, introduce yourself. But once you break that wall down, that those conversations are are going to happen. Those are some simple uncomfortability things that I would I would have you pursue. Um, be smart when you do it, but beyond that, uh, really look at what some people are doing and realize the sacrifices that they've made and ask yourself, are you willing to do the sacrifice? Are you willing to, whether it be work those extra hours, go to school after hours or whatever it is, are you willing to do those things? If you're willing to do those things, embrace that, embrace that uncomfortability. Good compass cast tip from Evan. Don't go play on the highways. So there's, that's a very, very different type. I feel like discomfort. That, did, that didn't need to be said, but it, it did at the same point. It never hurts, man. It never. <laughs> we may have saved. We may have saved lives today. That's, well, that's pretty much what we do here. <laughs> so, Evan, uh, appreciate you coming on, sharing your story, talking about what this podcast has helped you to understand and learn. And I think that's one of the, the hidden gems of this deal is, yes, it's it's a lot of work, but the perspective that you gain mm-hmm. by the different interviews that we get to conduct is just, I can't trade it. Yeah. I, can't, I cannot trade it at all. It's just, it's fantastic. And um, one of the things that has been a big part of 
Compass Cast is a little game (laughs) that we like to play, and no guest is exempt, and we call it Finish This Sentence. Evan, are you ready, my friend? I I am ready. I'm a little nervous because I did have you on my podcast, and I I had the I had the honor to turn the tables a little bit on you, and I I I'm picking up a little bit on your personality, and I know you like to be the guy with the answers, and I think I stumped you a little bit. You got me good, and uh, so so now I believe that you've had some time to prepare, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to get on my toes right now, edge of my seat. And I'm excited to I'm excited to hear what you have for me. So here is how this works. I'm going to start a sentence and Evan is going to finish it. We've talked a lot about the interview and, and everything that you know we were gonna cover about the podcast, Evan's background. He's never seen these questions before. <laughs> I'm prepared up until this point. Are you ready, sir? I'm ready. Let's do this. Let's do this. Okay. First of all, um, your name, one more time. Evan Uwataki. And spell your last name. U-Y-E-T-A-K-E. Okay. So, first question, finish this sentence. The most common mispronunciation of my last name is? You take. <laughs> or you ye take. Thank you, Mr. You take. Yeah, that one's... I actually, um, so I have a, a little side business that I do, that I do at my little side hustle, and I, I've embraced the fact that my last name is difficult to pronounce. I had one college professor that got it right. The rest of the time, it's been any variation. But um, so I, the the way I'm, I I've simplified it is I just did U T A L K I E, so you talkie, and so that that's made it a lot easier for everybody in Oklahoma, nice, <laughs> and the rest of the world to pronounce. But it is Uataki, not Yu Yi Take. <laughs> That's awesome. Do you correct people? Um, so funny story about that. Um, I do in some capacity. Um, if they ask, if they don't ask them, like if I get a telemarketer uh, yeah. that will call me, I'll have a little fun with them. But so I'm. My dad uh, grew up in Hawaii. And we were in Hawaii on a vacation, uh, visiting family. And I'm just like, Hey man, I'm, I'm, ho- I'm somewhat Hawaiian. I'm not technically Hawaiian, but I'm somewhat Hawaiian. I need to know how to surf in some capacity. So I'm like, I'm going to take a surfing lesson. So I go pay the money, get a surfing instructor. And it's this Sam- Samoan Hawaiian guy, real nice guy, looks similar to me. Um, in terms of like, you know, tall, dark and handsome, he's a bigger guy, but, uh, <laughs> anyway, so the entire lesson, I've told him my name like four or five times, Evan. My name's Evan. And it was, he didn't even get the last name. It was just first name. He called me Aaron for the entire <laughs> lesson. And I embraced it after about the fifth time of correcting him. I'm like, I'm Aaron today. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah, just, sure. just going to be Aaron. We'll just go with that. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Number two, my favorite TV theme song of all time is oh favorite tv theme song uh i can hear the melody in my head it's a um it's a quincy jones theme song okay um stanford sanford and sons okay i think it's sanford and sons i don't know this is i'm asking you yeah what your favorite tv song is i'm gonna have to look it up but i'm pretty sure it's sanford and sons it's just the uh man it's just like kind of a jazzy vibe vibe to it man it doesn't have any words to it um quick side note i did look it up and it is sanford and sons so i'll put a link for that in the show notes so you can check it out great song by quincy jones there was uh there was one that i just i as a dry sense of humor uh i think it was um what was that show on hbo where uh he was a talk show host um Larry Sanders. It was the Larry oh, Sanders show. It, okay. was, it was just, it was like, this is the Larry Sanders show. Yeah. Like it was really dumb. Um, so probably between those two, it's me again. I totally screwed up on that one. It was the Gary Shandling show, uh, theme song. So I'll post a link for that one too. That one it's, I was way off on, uh, on my answers, but, uh, yeah, both those songs, it, check them out. They're hilarious. Uh, apparently I just can't remember anything. And if it's not Sanford and Son, it's a Quincy Jones one, and I'm gonna have to look it up. Please um, look it up. But uh, man, it's uh, it is hilarious. Just 
man, it's just got a great vibe to it. I actually downloaded it and recorded it, um, and I would play it every once in a while in my car. It nice. Just, it just it was just a fun song. Nice. I have the Game of Thrones theme on my running mix. I like that. It's so a little if I need depressing. To, if yeah. I need to dig deep. We do need to get into it. We need to get a separate Game of Thrones podcast going here, because I know you're passionate about that. I am passionate. Uh, okay. I'll definitely scream like a girl if... Oh. <laughs> so I'm not easily scared. Um, if anything, like you may get like a little jerk out of me, but that's about it. Um, so there really hasn't been um, something in terms of screaming like a girl that I know of yet. I have not been skydiving yet. So I would I would venture to say that if I did that, that's one of the things where there's a probability that I would die doing that. So if the parachute didn't open and we're on the reserve and the reserve gets tangled, um there may there may be a high pitched squeal that comes out of me at that point. But um I, I think beyond that, like if somebody jumped out from behind a door or something like that, or I guess it's a big movie right now, so everyone's I, I don't even know that I'd scream at that. Um, it would it would literally have to be, I'm within about thirty seconds of becoming um, paint on the ground. That I think that would do it. That's it. Yeah. So like, if snakes, spiders, all that stuff, you're good. Uh yeah. No, don't really have a problem with those. I mean, I don't want one crawling on me, but at the same time, I I wouldn't be like. I would be a really boring person on a prank show <laughs> because they would come up and do whatever. And I'd, I'd probably first get a look of, are you crazy? Yeah. But yeah, you wouldn't get the big response out of me. Okay, fine. So I had some time to think about this and I feel bad about my response because I know that Bo was really looking for something that would really scare me. And halfway I'm thinking that he had something hidden under the desk that he was going to throw out at me or whatever to try to get a scare. But uh, after thinking about it, I think if I think it would be birds, and uh, I think it would be birds like if they were attacking me. So uh, I I don't necessarily have a problem with birds or any animals and trees, but if they all started flying at me and uh, attacking or trying to peck my head or, or trying to like land on me, I think that would do it. I think that would get the the big scare that uh, or the big scream that that, that Bo was looking for. So Bo, sorry about that. Um, you put me on the spot, and I couldn't think of anything that was like really something that would get me. But as I had some time to think about it, I think if I was attacked by birds, or I had I had some birds trying to fly around my head, and I couldn't couldn't get away from them, that would definitely give uh, give that high pitched scream that you're looking for. This is a new one that I did last week. I don't know if you've had a chance to listen to episode thirty one, but um, my favorite emoji is. I did listen to that this morning at the gym, nice. and uh, she said the poop emoji, right? That was the yeah. that, that was the big one. Um, so I'm a Bitmoji guy. Um, okay. I don't know if you um, are familiar with that, but basically it's my little avatar myself. So I, I use those more than emojis themselves. I use a lot of the thumbs up um, or the the winky guy with the tongue out and one eye open. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know that that has a. I don't know that that has an actual name, but just I, ca- I call it the ah. yeah. That's is the ah. That's my that's my go to emoji. So if you were to pull out your phone right now and show me your top three most recently used emojis. It would be thumbs up. Bleh, and then um, I think it's, it's the, the guy uh, who's kind of laughing with tears. Okay. Not, not the sad tears, but the, the happy uh, tears. Yeah, the happy tears guy. Okay. Good. You're safe. Just as long as it wasn't like the flamenco dancing lady or. That's my sister's favorite emoji. And she dressed like that for Halloween one year. So I, I give her creativity points on oh, that. Oh, heck yeah. That's awesome. Halloween I'm, costume. What, what are you doing for Halloween? I'm an emoji. So yeah. Perfect. Love it. Okay. Last one. I'm letting you off the hook. Oh man. This has been easy. Well, because you're, you don't know the name of your favorite TV theme song <laughs> and you're not scared of anything. So this really backfired. <laughs> An unintended benefit of launching a podcast is uh, an unint- my public speaking skills. So I don't know if it's picking up in this podcast, but I I noticed that I say um a lot. Um, I've removed certain words from my vocabulary because I just don't like how they sound. So I don't say super very much anymore. I noticed that whenever I said super in a podcast, I'm super excited. It just doesn't sound right to me. So an unexpected benefit for me is I, I, I've cleaned up my vocabulary a little bit. Breathing-wise, um, 
I would edit out my breaths a lot. And so I, I've breathed a lot in this podcast. I apologize if you have to listen to that, but just kind of hearing how I project. Um, the other thing is, and this is for you in editing, I've learned when I make a mistake that I need to start a clear sentence so that I can edit it down. Um, I, I do say um a lot, and that's one of the things that I'm trying to reduce. But in, in just overall public speaking, man, I feel like in terms of thinking on my feet and talking to people and really drawing out a lot of the things inside of myself that normally I wouldn't talk about, I'm more open to do that, and I'm more open to explain more, which is why this podcast is probably going to be close to an hour. Um, for me, I am starting to enjoy talking more in front of people and and actually developing uh, deeper conversations deeper than how's your day uh you know how did missouri do or you know what about this weather those kinds of conversations lead to deeper conversations but really taking the time to ask those deeper questions and get to know a person i feel like i have more valuable relationships as well because of the podcast because it's uh it's challenged me to ask deeper questions and sometimes the questions don't have to be too deep the the questions can be something that uh, lead to something else but I can pick up on people saying stuff um, a little bit more now when I'm talking to them. Uh, for example, um, Steve Trice is on, on a podcast that'll be released here soon, and he was talking about how he was in a lot of turmoil, turmoil with anxiety, and how the anxiety would eat him up. But when he'd walk through that front door, like he, so, he's the president of this big company. He walked through the door. Steve, how's it going? Fantastic. Best day of my life. Things are awesome. Behind that. If you had asked a deeper question behind that, you would have realized that he had so much fear, so much worry, and so much anxiety that it was eating him alive to the point that it affected his health. And until he was able to confront that and have people ask him those tough questions, um, he wasn't able to get past that. And so for me, better public speaking skills, uh, better intuition in terms of talking to people and saying the word super less. Super. <laughs> Love it. Evan, thank you so much for stopping by Compass Cast and for all that you're doing uh, for the Tulsa community. Uh, you and Matt and, and everybody at Young Businessmen of Tulsa, really and truly a, a great program that is impacting the lives of not just young people, yeah. but tons of people all over Tulsa. Aaron, you take has been our guest today. Just kidding. Hold on a second. <laughs> Just kidding, brother. Again, man, thank you so much for joining us. Keep doing great things. And uh, I wish you a lifetime of discomfort. Hey. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks, Evan. Appreciate you stopping by. Young businessmen, thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. And if you'd like to learn more about the Young Businessmen of Tulsa, check out our website at www.ybtok.com or email us at ybtoklahoma.com at gmail.com. If you live in the Tulsa area and would like to hear one of our great speakers live at our monthly luncheon, we meet on the second Monday of every month from 12 to 1 p.m. Like us on Facebook for details about locations and upcoming speakers. Lastly, if you like what you hear, please leave us a review on iTunes and share us with your friends. Thank you for tuning in to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast where we connect, develop, and inspire young businessmen to find and pursue their purpose.